From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson here with you today. This episode is number 65 and it's about the secret to anxiety recovery. Or if you've been listening for a long time, the not so secret because I always talk about it and it's always been around and you know this secret. But before I get into that, I want to talk about the basic structure of the brain, the right and left hemisphere and how they operate. This will help you to use your brain in a very interesting way that will reduce the anxiety you experience and help propel you forward towards your goals, towards the, that ideal you. The left hemisphere is the language portion of the brain. It processes language, words we hear, the words we read, and use what you say to yourself on a daily basis. The right hemisphere produces images. When you get caught up remembering a past situation or you are imagining a worst case scenario, you are using your right hemisphere. The words we use in our left hemisphere trigger the images in our right hemisphere. The left hemisphere understands the words heart attack, then instantly sends a message to the right hemisphere where the image, your interpretation of a heart attack is produced. For example, when I would think of a heart attack, I would immediately Im imagine myself in a certain situation paying attention to my heart or it could be a certain image of a heart attack. It's your interpretation of it. But the right brain does not understand negations like nots and don'ts. This is really interesting. It cannot imagine not doing something. The right hemisphere only produces the images of us doing it. If you tell yourself, I am not going to eat sugar, what do you imagine? Eating sugar. Exactly like the pink elephant analogy. Don't think of a pink elephant. What do you do? Do that right now. Don't think of a pink elephant and immediately 
your right hemisphere produces that image of a pink elephant. Why do you think people's New Year's Eve resolutions are broken a week after or a day after New Year's Eve? They tell themselves, I am not going to smoke. And the right hemisphere produces that image of them smoking. And so they're driven towards that image. And then they break their resolution by smoking. So it's about taking a productive approach to this information, to this idea. And and say, instead of, I'm not going to eat sugar, say, I am going to eat an, an organic whole food diet. Or, I want to replace sugar with more organic whole foods. Another one would be, remember to take out the trash rather than don't forget to take out the trash. And this is great for setting goals. You're more likely to stick to your goals, to the drive of obtaining that goal by saying what you want to happen in your life. You're more likely going to manifest that. And so the same with what you don't want. You're going to manifest that image of you. I don't want to smoke. You're thinking and imagining yourself from your right hemisphere, a picture of you smoking. You're going to drive towards that image. So remember to tell yourself, I want this rather than what you don't want. An amazing cognitive behavioral technique. Now, I'm going to get into the secret or not so secret, if you're a regular listener, to recover from anxiety. The secret is continually place yourself in uncomfortable situations. Now, it may not be something that you want to hear because anxiety sufferers always avoid situations that make them feel anxious, uncomfortable, embarrassed, whatever it is. When going through my anxiety disorder in the past, I would continuously avoid situations that would make me feel anxious. I would avoid going to work. I would avoid that responsibility. And I would think of all the negative possibilities, the catastrophic thoughts I would then ruminate over, such as what if I don't get enough sleep tonight and I can't perform properly at work tomorrow? Or what if I don't do a good job and I embarrass myself? 
I was working a lot of new jobs and I would avoid going into work because of those what if catastrophic thoughts. But little did I know that the more I avoided those situations, the more those neural pathways in my brain strengthened my fear over them. The more you avoid it, the more the dragon grows and grows and grows under your conscious awareness. And when you do, then decide to face that situation that is making you anxious, you then realize that the dragon is so big that you're more scared and more fearful of that situation once you do decide to confront it. And it, at that moment, it can be so overwhelming. But gradually confront that chaos. Gradually place yourself in uncomfortable situations starting from the bottom, the little things, setting the bar low. When I was suffering from agoraphobia, I had a hard time leaving my home. I was afraid of going to the shopping mall or going away from my house, having a heart attack, and then embarrassing myself in front of other people while having that heart attack being judged. So I realized that the, the safest place was my home. I can't embarrass myself in front of other people when I'm at home. I'm safe here. I'm by myself. I got the TV. I got my delicious foods to eat. I got my video games, whatever it was. I felt comfortable. So when I began to step out into the chaos gradually, I realized that I actually can survive these uncomfortable situations. I would start small, a walk around the block, driving to the coffee shop, maybe staying in the coffee shop, having a coffee for an hour. I would challenge myself to these different situations. And the more I spent in these situations away from my safe zone, away from my home, the more braver I became. It's about starting small. If you want to jump right in to those anxious situations, by all means, you can. And when I say those anxious situations, I mean those really big, fearful situations that you really don't want to confront. Because that happened to me too. I had a camera trainee workshop at a college and this was in the deepest part of my anxiety disorder. I remember arriving at that workshop the very first day sitting in that classroom and I felt 
extremely anxious. I felt like I was going to faint. I felt my heart racing out of my chest. I wanted to get out of there. But at the same time, there were voices in my head saying, if you leave, you know, you're not going to be able to pursue your dreams in the film industry. But then there would be other voices coming in saying, you have to get out of here. You can't do this. You're going to die here. You're going to have a heart attack. This is too much. I need to be around family. So there were a lot of a lot of voices going on in those in that anxious moment. But I stayed there. And I will tell you this. It was hell to stay in a place where I didn't want to. My fight or flight response was active. I wanted to flee out of that classroom. I didn't want to be there. So that whole time I was there, it was six hours. I was fighting that response. I was afraid every moment that I was going to faint I was afraid that I was going to have a heart attack and embarrass myself. I was afraid of getting up in the classroom and walking out to the bathroom because I was afraid of people judging me. So I managed to stay. And what happened? Well, I strengthened a new pathway saying that I survived that I can do this. The next day I came back to the classroom, I was anxious, but I wasn't as anxious as the day before. Why? Because I'm slowly desensitizing myself to the situation. I'm proving to myself that I can survive and that I'm tougher than I think I am. Very important to understand. And so anxiety sufferers will make any excuse not to face the chaos. And I was making excuses. I remember phoning up my parents before I attended that college class, talking about how I was feeling, talking about my symptoms. I didn't really want to be there. Every part of me wanted to flee, to get out. But I stayed. I was fighting those inner demons, that voice. I was confronting the chaos. I was confronting the dragon of chaos. And so anxiety sufferers tend to put band-aids on their emotions, their the situations that they're avoiding. They put band-aids on how they're feeling. And you only strengthen your fear of the situations you avoid. These band-aids can be medications sitting in front of the TV, engaging in impulsive pleasures, alcohol, reassurance seeking, things like that. And 
stepping into the unknown only makes you braver. That's really important to understand. Stepping into that chaos only makes you braver. You strengthen new pathways in the brain. These pathways support the new belief of, I can do it. I survived and there is nothing to be afraid of. That's the desensitization process. I was absolutely terrified of needles. So I knew that going to see my doctor was a challenge for me to get over that fear. Something I can confront and overcome. I knew I was facing the dragon of chaos. I knew it. I knew that it's going to be uncomfortable. I knew that my anxiety response is going to be active. I was battling those catastrophic thoughts as well. And so I went. I went to see my doctor. I still felt anxious. My heart was racing. I was battling catastrophic thoughts. But I got through the needle. I felt emotionally drained after. But I strengthened new pathways, saying that I can do this. I can survive. I'm tougher than I think I am. And I proved my old self wrong. I became that much braver. I faced the chaos on my own and I overcame it. And it will take you multiple attempts to fully desensitize yourself from those fearful situations. When I had a panic attack at the art gallery, I didn't want to go back there. But I did. I went back there one time and on the subway ride back to the art gallery where I ran out of there with, from a panic attack, I felt anxious on the ride to the gallery because my amygdala recognized that I was going back into the chaos, into the unknown, where I originally had a panic attack. My amygdala associated that art gallery to danger. But when I went back there, I was a little less sensitized. I was still anxious the whole time I was at that art gallery. I was anxious. But I stayed there. I stayed there. And once I left, when my anxiety lessened, I realized I can be here. I can survive. I'm tougher than I think I am. And then the next time I went to the art gallery, I was still anxious, but not as much as the last two times. And then by the sixth or seventh time, my anxiety was at a level three from the very first time, which was a level 10. And then the second time, it went down to a level eight or a nine. 
and then it went down to a seven. And the more I spent time in those anxious situations, the more desensitized I became. And and eventually, going to that art gallery, it's a zero. I don't have any anxiety. I love going there. And so, place yourself in uncomfortable situations. Continuously challenge yourself. That's how you're going to grow. It's a no pain, no gain situation. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. And I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.